You are listening to the 108 Bricks podcast. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at 108 Bricks Pod and get involved with the conversation using the hashtag 108 Bricks. Also, be sure to go ahead and follow us on Facebook too. Go ahead and give us a like. And we post the latest Cubs news and updates right there, and you can get involved with each show on Facebook and Twitter. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the 108 Bricks Podcast, and for once, you're not waiting eight and a half weeks. We did it! We did it. We did it. <laughs> we got it done, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. We, we adulted. We, we finally we actually figured through. out to be like, hey, we're supposed to record a couple days or a couple weeks from now. Let's figure out the day in, in advance, and we got it done for once. Well, you know what was also, perfect was that you messaged me and you said, hey, you want to do it on Tuesday? And I'm like, you know, the deadline's tomorrow. Why don't we do it at the deadline? That might make, in case they do anything big. And thankfully we did. We're, we're doing it at about 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. So the, the deadline's been over for about, what, four hours now or so, like you were saying? Yeah, about that. It's almost 7 o'clock. You know, what's funny is when we started recording, it was it was closer to more like two and a half hours, but we screwed up yeah. the intro so many times that it's actually now almost close to four hours. Well, we, we also had like tech issues, so we were like making sure we had a backup plan in the case of anything going out, so that way we could still get it up and we're not slacking off or anything like that. So it's going to be a jam-packed show anyways. I feel like this is going to be one of our longer episodes in a while because the last few weeks that we've done it, it's been anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes, maybe a little bit over, mainly just kind of catching up with Cubs news and about. stuff. But, oh, yeah, we <laughs> we have a lot to get to. By the way, I'm Curtis Koch. I'm Dylan Buckwhites. We got to get that right for the record just yes. because we messed it up so Keep many this times. this train rolling. That, yeah. By the way, that wasn't what we messed up on the previous times. I just don't know how to speak English once in a while, <laughs> and we're not going to start it out on a bad note. But... There's a lot more than I expected to break down from this trade deadline. Um, the Cubs made some moves. The Cubs didn't make some moves. Um, boy, did they come close to to missing out and being what I would consider losers at this trade deadline. Oh, I, I thought they were gonna sit. The... I thought they were gonna sit stalemate for a long time. I thought they were gonna do it for the whole day because I, I was busy today doing some errands and stuff like that and. Checking my phone, no updates, no Cubs rumors, no nothing. Unlike in previous years where you've heard more rumblings about what they're into. This was a more quiet deadline for the Cubs in terms of maybe well, leaks getting out there in terms of who they might have been interested. You've heard rumors oh, well, for a while now that they were linked to Nicholas Castellanos and, you know, here and there. But, you know, never in our, our right mind did we think that what happened from the last time we recorded, which was two weeks ago, um, just over two weeks ago, I should say, till now. Um, dang, it, what a what a big change of scenery. Yeah. Some players here, some players gone. Um, uh, maybe a little bit of a change of scenery for some players in some instances, but uh, whether you like it or not, they made some moves, and uh, they didn't really give up a lot for it, which you kind of have to like. But um, we're here to kind of break it all down and tell you what happened and what we think could have happened and you know, and kind of break it a little bit all down chop it up into pieces and give you our thoughts and reactions on it uh for today's deadline which is of course 
happened and gone with. And a lot of other teams around the leagues have made moves too. We saw uh, on Tuesday, we saw the big three-team deal between the Reds, Padres, and Indians. And then the brawl <laughs> that ensued. And then 15 <laughs> minutes later, Puig, not knowing he got traded, just goes at it against the Pirates. That <laughs> sort of kicked things off. It cooled down for most of the day. And then like <laughs> that last minute just exploded with news. Obviously, the biggest news was Zach Greinke going over now to the Astros, going to Houston. I'm interested to see that. Greinke, it was clear the Astros, or not the Astros, it was clear the Diamondbacks didn't really have, they couldn't put all the pieces of the puzzle together. They got close, they had potential, and it seems like now this was definitely their breaking point. They picked up three of uh, three of Houston's top prospects. I think it, they're all three of them that they got in return were in their top five prospects in their system, mm-hmm. as well uh, as pretty much they're they're now looking. I would say to hit that reset button, giving away their star pitcher, and Granky now has a chance to be on a team that really is. Hey, we're going for the World Series this year. In case you guys couldn't notice, um, they that announcement was made. They were definitely set up to win the division still. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, well, good luck getting through our pitching staff in a five-game yeah. series. Like, <laughs> Well, and, and not to mention, besides the big addition, which was Grinky, they also added some relief help with uh, Joe Biangi or Bianagi, whatever, from the, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> and some words, some words. Yes. <laughs> that makes a, a pronunciation yeah, that I happens. don't know how to say. And then they also added, too, um, Aaron Sanchez. So they just rounded out the rotation with Verlander, Garrett Cole, Grinky, Wade Miley, and Aaron Sanchez. That's a really, really solid one through That's five scary. rotation. And assuming come playoff time, if they roll with one through four, Aaron Sanchez becomes a, a pretty valuable arm out of that bullpen, um, assuming they go to a four-man rotation through the, throughout the playoffs. Um, that's just looking really solid for them. And not to mention they got a little bit of help, too, defensively behind the plate with the trade that they made with the Cubs, in which they sent Martin Maldonado, who we just got for Mike Montgomery about two weeks ago. They sent him to, uh, to Toronto, or excuse me, to uh, Houston in exchange for... Uh, utility man slash speedster Tony Kemp. Um, and that will kind of help out the Cubs in some aspects. But Dylan, what were your thoughts on the, the Maldonado and Kemp move? I I, I honestly, like, I was wondering where, Ma- where Maldonado was going to end up. It, it As much as I was excited to have him become a Cub, I know he had been someone who had been on the Cubs' radar for a while and getting him for a one-for-one for Montgomery – uh, from the Royals was a really I, I thought was a solid move from them, but I I was hesitant the entire time just because it put the Cubs in the situation of well, well we got three catchers now what are we gonna do and basically with the trade deadline virtually what was like two weeks away when they acquired Maldonado I was like mm-hmm. well either he's gone or uh, uh, Carantini's gone and I don't think they're gonna want to get rid of Carantini one because he's been hitting really well and two he can back up first base for Rizzo once in a while well you, that's you a didn't mention you're two three he has a really good uh connection when you Darvish is on the mound mm-hmm. something that Contreras and Maldonado also don't really have with Darvish Darvish yes. seems to pitch really well and seems to be on the same page with Carantini more than Wilson Contreras and it also gives a chance for Contreras to get that day off every fifth day 
So that way he's not wasting his his legs when it comes down the road. And, you know, this is Darvish's second year with the team um, in his contract. He needs to have a connection with one of the catchers in order to, to kind of get the results. And Caratini kind of had the value there more so than any of them. I kind of figured Maldonado was a part of something bigger picture-wise when they first acquired him. But I wasn't sure what it was going to get to. And now that we see that it's gotten to this point here where he's kind of used for a backup. I'm kind of curious as to what they had planned with him before uh, today's deadline and before they got I think the uh, plan Tony was Camp. To shop him, to be honest. I really do. And I do too, but to I mean, him and get the best return possible for it. Um, basically you're, you virtually were trading away Mike Montgomery in that situation. And I don't know, I don't know what they're going to use Kemp for. He had actually been DFA'd recently. Yeah. By the Astros, um, not batting really well, not really, not having the the best of stats. He was only hitting 227 this year, 725 OPS. Defensive stats decent. He's got speed, so maybe they use him as uh, on the base pass because God well, that, knows we don't want Anthony Rizzo running around <laughs> the bases every other inning. Well, but, that, that's where I was thinking it was going to go. I think it was going. I think this is the the rich man's version of uh, Terrence Gore, <laughs> if you will. It, just the fact that he's got some speed and the fact that he can play some defense besides second base, he also can play some left field. So in the case of, you know, you maybe start Kyle Schwarber for the first seven innings and then you get into a situation where you need, you, want, you need a little bit more speed on the base paths, you pull out Schwarber and you put Kemp in left. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you have some speed in the outfield alongside uh, Hayward and whoever you put in I'm not in even center. sure if he has a spot on the roster right now. I, I don't I, either, I, but it's just a situation where you could picture that happening yeah, in some sort of situation. A, a late season call-up or potential playoff roster spot, depending on how you use it. I think it's just it, it's depth, but it's like very niche depth, basically. Mm-hmm. And when you look at who you gave up for it, Maldonado, obviously, I I never saw him fitting into the Cubs system as, as good of a player as he is, as good defensively as he is. It just didn't work with the Cubs catching situation already. And Montgomery just – something something really happened with him. He, he wanted to be a starter. We knew there was some tension with that. His um, ERA versus lefties um, and average versus lefties was absolutely disgustingly bad. Mm-hmm. Um and it seemed like the, his time at the Cubs were coming to an end. And so to get a return like this where it does give the Cubs depth at not a huge price, especially when we did get some replacements for him that we'll talk about later. I, I don't know. I give the uh, the total exchange here, the the beginning to end, I, I'd rate it like a C. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It just kind of happened. They they moved some guys around, and this is what we get in the end. And I'm I'm kind of fine with it. Um, the other move was uh, acquiring some pitchers for the bullpen, which we were talking a little bit about this previously. But uh, they received David Phelps from the Blue Jays, a right-handed pitcher, and Brad Weick from the Padres for Carl Edwards Jr. Now, both of those names not 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 doesn't stand out you're like wow that guy's a solid bullpen it's just a guy yeah um i don't think it's gonna make the biggest impact david phelps has a pretty decent era i think he's gonna be a solid arm there i was saying this from the beginning though is the big thing is is i i hope it, it it at least ends some of the juggling 
because the biggest issue the Cubs had been having, especially with the bullpen, is one, they're they're giving up leads like mad late in the innings. But two, and this happens over every Madden offense uh, or bullpen, and I've always said this before, is when it gets now to the point where these games really start to matter, is who's Madden going to start turning to? Are we going to start seeing arms be overused again? Are we going to see C-Shek in every inning? Are we going to see Kimbrell start getting multi-inning saves? It's already was rumored that it's being discussed. No, we need to make sure that these guys don't have to be used day-to-day, even no matter what the lead is. And I think acquiring guys like Phelps and Weick from these teams, these are major league bullpen guys. Yeah, They're- and I think, I think adding on to that too, you, you just don't want to wear guys out. You still have August... September, you still got two months left of the regular season up until October comes around. And not to mention how many games you could play in October. You don't want to wear out your guys, especially with the frequency in which Joe Madden has used Strope and uh, uh, C-Shack, uh, Kinsler, uh, Kimbrell. I mean, Kimbrell has, hasn't had a lot of playing or uh, playing time because he's he, been doing great. And I don't yeah, want to see I don't want to see his arm get destroyed. Exactly, and and that's the other thing too is you you just don't want to run your guys dry or run them out of bullets, if you will, however you want to uh, voice it. You don't want them to to get to that point where they are going to be struggling coming down the get go, and then realize that you do need more bullpen help than that what you could have acquired for. Um, I I thought David Phelps was an interesting uh, aspect. Thomas Hatch, um, I thought he would have maybe progressed a little bit more in the system when they first drafted him because. Um, that was the, the, one of the first drafts where the Cubs really focused on developing pitching and they haven't just had the results in that yet. Um, so getting him was a big key. I I think the Derek Holland move is going to become one down the stretch where we might look at a little bit more valuable option there because of the fact that he is just so good against left-handed hitters this year. He's going to be your specialist probably alongside, um, Brad Weick from the Padres that we just got to. But I think Derek Holland adds a little bit more versatility in the fact that he, you know, he once was a you starter. You have a lefty specialist. You have, but you have a lefty specialist too. But he, he can possibly go more than a few innings if you have to because he has that starter background. You know, if you need him and to eat up to an injury. Yeah, and and if it's a blowout, if the Cubs are leading, you know, like ten to one over whoever, and instead of going to a different guy, a different inning, and you know, you have Lester going seven or six or whoever starting that day go at least somewhat decently into the game, you could have him possibly fill out the rest of the 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 bullpen or rest of the game. Then you don't use up all your guys, and that's a day off for the rest of the bullpen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would like to though see the starters go a little bit deeper into ball games. I I've consistently see you Darvish go six innings, you know, uh, eight strikeouts, two walks or two runs or whatever the, the stat line yeah, is. It's, it's been so consistent in that case. And I think Joe is just afraid to let him go one more. You know, yeah. I think in terms of maybe try to stretch it out. John Lester has yeah. been killing it. Yeah. Um, Lester has been f- uh, phenomenal. I, I think Kyle Hendricks is starting to slowly come back to the Kyle Hendricks that he once was before the injury, which is a good sign too. And then not to mention making re- bowl is probably making a return soon. And yeah, I was just going to say he's making downs, a, but he's making a start, but yeah, your, your rotation it. is coming around. The rotation is not the issue here. It's definitely been the bullpen and it's been and the offense, the offense. And, Part of me was wanting them to make a big splash on the offensive side, and they they did, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but I, I wanted something even more, and I'll kind of get into that when we get to the point when we discuss that, but for now, I, I like the arms that we've acquired. I think it's just decent depth arms, 
I feel bad trading away a guy like CJ Edwards, a guy who is so friendly and so personality-wise, he was just such a great dude, and he obviously needed a change of he scenery, a you know? Of scenery, and he, I, I think everyone had knew, known that, knew that. Yep, there we go, English. Uh, <laughs> I think the but, same thing, though, could be said for, for Brad Week from the Padres. He probably just needed a change of scenery, too, and coming to a team that's contending for a World Series might motivate him to the point, and we've talked about this last time on the, on the podcast, too. If he gets motivated, that could light a fire under him, and all of a sudden, You've got a, two really good lefty arms out of the bullpen if he starts to turn things around. But you just don't know yet. You don't know until you see them out there and pitching consistently. Um, I will say this, though. We should give a shout-out to uh, Rowan. I, I keep forgetting how to pronounce his last name. Um, but the new guy who got called up a, a few days ago for the Cubs, um, Rowan Wick for the Cubs. Uh, he has just been really good so Shutting far. It down. Yeah. <laughs> 26 years old from Canada, of all places. And uh, not not that nothing against Canadians, just you don't really expect. A, I mean, there's some pretty good Canadian players that have come out of the league. But anyways, he's just been really solid. He last year he was with the Padres, and this year with uh, coming over to the Cubs. I mean, this Had is kind a of a, a sim- similar. AAA, and you knew it was a matter of time before you'd start seeing his name. And well, yeah, and I was just gonna say this is kind running. of he kind of has a similar situation that Week had as part of the Padres. He had a ERA just north of six giving up a lot of earned runs in not so many good innings. Now he comes here to the Cubs. He's got the strikeouts up. He's got one intentional walk. He's walked seven, but yeah, you know what, whatever. But he's got a 245 ERA in 10 games. He's been really solid. 11 innings pitched and three earned runs in that time. He's been really good. And I think that might be the same sort of situation we might see with Week. Is that a change of scenery? Could just maybe do some good for him, get him into the mix of things, and maybe he turns things around. But... Roman Wick has been awesome and a nice little uh, turn of the page there for the Cubs as they try to get Pedro Strope back on track and all that and going forward. So I, I've been very happy with the, the the bullpen arms that we've acquired and recently I called think the up right, so far. There are, the right steps have been made to at the very least solidify the bullpen as much as possible. There's still some glaring issues. Hopefully Strope comes back from injury. Uh, okay, Kimbrell had a rough outing the last time he was there, but... Who knows what we're going to see down the line from this team. Hopefully we're getting, there's a lot of new names coming into the clubhouse. And yeah. hopefully now with the, they know what the expectations are. The team knows what the expectations are. The hope and assumption is, is we're going to win this division. We're one game behind going into this next two game stint against the Cardinals. This, these next two games are to basically decide who's going to be first in the division coming out of mm-hmm. the rest of the, this. Uh, tonight, virtually, is a, I consider right now would be a must-win game. Like, you go down, you, you don't win tonight, and you're now facing leaving St. Louis without control of the division anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is never something you want to have happen, especially well, after just a complete disappointment of a game the night before. Well, and I will say this, though, too. The Cubs did get fortunate in the fact that the, the, the teams in their division, that the Cardinals, for example, this is, I think, what, maybe their fourth or fifth, maybe third or fourth, fifth summer in a row where they virtually have done nothing at the deadline to help them with the team. Um, I think the only move they made was that yep. they they sent uh, Jed Jerko out of town and... I, I think a few days ago they actually might have sent him on a rehab assignment to like Memphis or something. 
then they moved him onto the 40-man roster, and then they explored the trade options, and of course, they sent him away. So that was the the case for for Jed Jerko. That was really the only move that they made um, at the deadline that, that I can think of. Um, I know the Brewers, on the other hand, were involved a little bit too because um, they sent uh, Jesus Aguilar, their their big bat at first base. They sent them or him to Tampa, and that was the case too of where. Uh, just kind of moving a bat around, but they didn't really add much. They added, I, I think Drew Pomeranz was really the only big name that I think they added um, pitching-wise, but they didn't add any of the big aces, such as a, a Zach Grinky type or a Madison Bumgarner type or a Marcus Stroman or whoever. So, And that's been their their biggest, weakest point for them this year has is, is been their uh, uh, starting rotation. So you had two teams that are you're both contending against, not doing too much on on the trade front to try to better themselves, and you have the advantage because you maybe because of the big, big payroll flexibility, what have you. But you can always add more, and the Cubs have done that really well. Um, but the Brewers are still a very solid team, but they they just didn't address their needs, and neither did the Cardinals, and that was both shocking to me because I thought for sure they would have been a little bit more active than they were. Yeah, especially with the NL Central as a division as a whole, you'd think some teams would make some bigger moves than what they've done to try to solidify everything. But it seems like it was just the Cubs who went out and really jumped on any opportunities they had. They also were the team that definitely had the biggest issues I'd say in terms of obvious weaknesses and obvious Mm -hmm. needs that would require trades to be made. Um, I I think it was uh, going into this deadline and going into this week even our last episode, we were saying, hey, the Cubs got to make some moves here. This ha- this, These issues need to be addressed. And we've gone over the bullpen issues. Now we can move on to the, some of the fielders. And I think obviously the biggest move and one of the crazier moves that happened literally last second was Nick Castellanos from the Tigers. Uh, and they got some cash back for him as well, um, r- acquiring him from Detroit was – something that was talked about for a, a long time now you knew he was mm-hmm. on the cubs radar literally happened 40 seconds before the deadline hit <laughs> i that was I, wild i really want to know how that works i i really don't know like is there literally a clock and like let's say they submit their paperwork or however a trade is processed like obviously they're not just gonna like text the commissioner like at like <laughs> like two minutes before the deadline hey guys so, yeah this trade's happening like I, I want. I wish. I wonder how like that happens. Do they have to submit official paperwork? Do they, they fax it in? Do they email it I, in? Like, yeah, I don't know either. That's that's <laughs> interesting to me. Um, because <laughs> it was funny to me. My, my clock must be ahead because it was three oh one when I looked at my phone and I saw well, the news. The news broke after the deadline hit. Because no, I remember. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. I was gonna like, say I, I, oh yes, perfect. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I, I remember looking at my Twitter feed at 3 o'clock on the dot. I was like, okay, if, if anything's going to happen, any last-minute deals are going to happen right now. And that wasn't scripted, by the way, folks. I swear to God that wasn't <laughs> scripted. Basically, from what I see was right at 3 o'clock, I checked my Twitter feed. I saw a flurry of tweets being like, all right, it's done. We're good to go. I saw like one tweet being like, oh, the Cubs were real close to a Cassiano steal. And I was like, oh, great. Glad we got close but didn't make anything happen. <laughs> this is another bust for them. We helped the, we got some bullpen help, but our offense still sucks. 
and we need to fix it. And then I think I, I, I went off Twitter. I took some time to do work. I go on. First thing I see is Granky to the Astros. I was like, okay, well, that's weird. And then I, I saw Castellanos, <laughs> the Castellanos steal happen. I was like, oh, well, that's a pleasant surprise. Um, and then I saw the news on how it literally happened 40 seconds before the deadline hit. And that's why I love baseball. Uh, <laughs> but I'm happy that was a deal that happened. Obviously, they can use some support in the outfield. Um, they can use his bat. They can use his speed. There's literally no downside to this trade and this acquisition for the Cubs. No, not at all. And that's that's the one thing that was really um, exciting for me was that you did have to part with a couple of pitching prospects. But the fact is that the Cubs haven't been able to get any of their pitching prospects to work. I mean, they really haven't been able to get him to come up. And- is good against lefties. He, that is also true. He is very good against lefties. I think <laughs> that's, he, well, he has what, like a three eighty batting average or something like that this year. Okay, there you go. Appearances. But he he's very good against lefties, so that helps a lot too. Um, my my biggest question though is how flexible is he? Like, could he be? I know I think he's played some third base in the past, but my question is, could he possibly play a little bit of center? Maybe. Because that's the more and more I got closer to the deadline or the, I shouldn't say I, the, the more and more closer I watched the clock tick and, and watch the, these trades happen, the more and more I thought to myself, maybe they could have gotten a guy like a Charlie Blackman this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they definitely would have had to have given up a little bit more than what they did for a, uh, a Nick Castellanos, especially because Castellanos is a rental this year. He's a free agent after the end of this uh, season. So he's not going to be, here for much team control wise so you had to give up two minor league pitching prospects for essentially a rental but you know i was looking at albert almora they've numbers. given up more for rentals so <laughs> i know they have i know they have and in, in in that case rightfully so but uh, but when you i'm looking at albert almora's numbers it wasn't his numbers aren't impressive and he this is a guy that we thought spring training well this is a guy that never we thought lived up to the hype well but this is a guy that we thought the last two years is like, oh, you know, once Almora gets a chance to be the full-time guy, you know, this is where he could really take off. Well, and then this was the year, and I think Joe Madden has said it before. I could be wrong, but I think Joe Madden has said before that he doesn't see Almora as a full-time, everyday center fielder. And if I'm wrong on that, I'm wrong on that, but I, I'm pretty sure I remember him saying that somewhere. But in that case, I looked at his numbers. He's got a .1 war. Yeah. .1 war. Like he's barely, <laughs> he's just above replaceable. Like an, he's an average ball player. He's not a, an, an elite guy of any kind. So when Castellanos comes in, he's got a 1.2 war. Okay, that's that's a little bit of an upgrade. But looking at a little bit more besides that, he's got so far this year, he's got 37 doubles. So he's driving the ball into the gas, which is big. 11 home runs. The pop is a little bit higher than what it, it is for uh, compared to what we're getting out of Almora. 37 RBIs. He's gotten two stolen bases. He's been walked 31 times, um, which he's kind of on pace to kind of get maybe his second in career high. His career high was uh, last year at 49 walks. Um, batting average 273. On base percentage 328. Slugging 462. OPS 790. He's a very solid ball player. And this is a guy that I think if at some point in time he could really maybe take that next step. Man, he would be a, a nice little pop into center field. You can get his bat in the lineup. You could keep the defense out there, too, with Hayward and right. You don't have to take him out of the lineup. And then if you have Schorber and left, you, you still have the pop in the outfield, too, between those guys. So 
I, I don't know. I, I hope there's some flexibility there, but that's why it kept making me think maybe they should go after a guy like a, a Charlie Blackman because adding a, a guy like Blackman who's got some years of control left, you could have parted away with a guy uh, like a, a Miguel Amaya who has really, really risen in the minor leagues this year specifically. He was at the Futures game and all of that. I mean, granted, Blackman is 32 He's got some money on his contract still, so maybe there could have been a thing in there where the Cubs maybe could have gotten the Rockies to pay a little bit more of the contract, and then the Cubs could have maybe tossed in a few extra uh, bigger prospects in there, like maybe a Nico Horner. Although, before we started recording, you were telling me that that there was some speculation that Nico could be the starter at second base next year for the team, which is interesting to me. Um, but he was really good the, the last few years, and he's hitting 319 this year. And his war is 1.4. So if, if you're looking at a replacement guy, he could play all three outfield positions. So if you want to give Hayward a day off, you could plug him in right. You know, so he's yeah. just a really it's solid so, there's a ton outfielder. Of yeah. It's he's, the, he's, a th- he's a four-time All-Star. He's been in the MVP race a few times. I, the guy's just a very, very solid ball player that I think des- could have deserved a little bit more um, recognition. And then you bring him over here to the Cubs, I, I think he would have been a perfect fit into that team. And then you have your leadoff guy too, because he can get on base. His on base percentage this year is 367, slugging 591, OPS is 958. Put him in the leadoff spot, please. Yeah, so there's I just think that uh, a Charlie Blackman deal could have also been in the works that they they could have gotten if they wanted to. I would have loved then, to hear what an asking price would have been for that. Or I would have too. Or at least a rumor of what the asking price would have been for that, just to see what what could have been. But it's tough with speculation in regards to that. But who knows? It really is. It, it, who knows? They got what they could. I think they got their guy with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, you know, before did they we, fill? Well, go ahead. I was going to say, before we get too much farther into that, I, I just wanted to say that before we got into the trade deadline, um, on our Twitter account, at 108BricksPod, um, I post. I was posting a couple of Twitter polls just to kind of get a gauge for how fans were reacting. Um, about about four or five days ago, I posted, "Is this Joe Madden's final season?" Now, mind you, this was after he put up put in Pedro Strope while he was struggling against the Brewers, and then the Brewers came back and won that game. Um, Nineteen votes, seventy nine percent said yes, he's done, and another twenty one percent said it's too soon to tell. But then I posted this literally yesterday right before the deadline. And I said, if we're getting closer to the deadline answer on a scale of one to 10, if they don't make a move, how worried you'd be about them going forward? 35, we got 46 votes and 35% of them said 10 or more. (laughs) I voted six to nine. Yeah. And then six to nine was the second most popular followed by four to six and then one to three. So those were the, the ranges of, of worriedness that you could give the uh, Cubs fans on that. And that's where people uh, really kind of took it, was that if, if the Cubs didn't make any sort of necessary moves, or big moves, I should say, that they were going to be anywhere between 6 to 10 on a worried scale, if you will. Yeah, well, they had these huge issues that needed to be addressed. And I, I won't go over them anymore because I think we're, we're going into a broken record territory now. Yeah. But there was glaring issues with this team. There still are glaring issues with this team that can't, that actually cannot be solved through trades, 
hopefully maybe they can potentially actually depending on what type of environment these new players bring with them and and what the mood is and see if anything changes from there but it, it the cubs are in an interesting situation because they had the opportunity to make all-in plays i think a couple years back right after they won the world series mm-hmm. where if there was a potential just to sort of let it roll literally just full send it and trade away every prospect we have to try to get the 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 tools we need that that's something that could have happened they almost they still almost did it they made it to the nlcs after they won the world series and that's when then things started to sort of putter out and Mm -hmm. in theory that wasn't supposed to happen but if you're a baseball guy if you're the cubs front office and you start seeing these trends one yeah it's tough to predict but two What's your backup plan to this if it doesn't work out? Because now the Cubs are left in a situation where they have the third worst farm system in baseball when they used to have literally the best. And yeah, players come and and they they get they develop and they and they move up and obviously we've seen a lot of their farm system be, go to the majors. We've seen them trade away a lot of tools for what they've needed on the major league ball club, but where do you go from here now? Because I'm still worried they may not, one, blow the division. Two, now you're going to have to potentially deal with a one-game wildcard plan. And three, what happens if you bust out? What happens if, yeah. you, what happens if you lose in the wildcard again? You don't make a playoff run, and that doesn't happen. What's well, your I'll tell you plan what, be, be, in the next year? Before the deadline today, I woke up this morning thinking to myself, you know, if they don't make any sort of big splashes or any, any sort of active moves to kind of improve themselves – they're heading down the same path as they were last year. And I can't help but feel that, you know what, they are kind of heading down the same path as they were last year, but not as not as a, as a hard falling. And I still have in me a feeling that, that I feel like this team it could go on, a, on another big run like they did at the beginning of the year when they went like seven out of eight. Like maybe they could go like what the Giants did well, when they, they played them. They went like at home for the rest of the year. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but it, I feel like they could turn it around and go 18 and five. And then all of a sudden you're looking at them in a totally different picture. But I, I don't know. I just don't have that full blown confidence that the energy or the, 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 the demand or the the passion to to something get over the hump is just there it's like a yeah. gut feeling like it, it, something is there that's just great. not right yeah everything looks great on paper everything is like man the cubs can can do it but then you're just like maybe it's just the inner cup fan in me and i've enjoyed the time of them being good and and competing and it really like compared to what it's been lately but i guess like it, it may be just that inner cub fan inside of me that's just completely ready for it all to fall apart and i'm just kind of like well countdown's ticking like here we go they're trying to patch things up but i don't think it's gonna work and so (laughs) i don't i don't know like i i want to stay optimistic i want to continue to enjoy watching baseball around wrigley i love it when the cubs are good it's great for the city it's great for baseball uh, the Cubs fans have gone from like one of the most loved to some of the most like uh, hated fans in all of sports. I don't really like that, but it it's kind of it's gotten to a point now where it's like it's different. This is a different culture now. The Cubs aren't the bad team in the league, and I'm wondering like what happens if they fall to that again? What's what's going to be the response? Because we've gotten to the high point 
I'm ready for it all to fall apart. I just don't know what what that's going to look like in the next few years. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. If they have the same sort of results this year that they did last year, I would be full-blown in on a, all right, place a lock on, on, on Rizzo, on Bryant, on Contreras, on... Um, uh, blah, 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 Baez, and then also maybe if you want to, Kyle Hendricks and maybe John Lester, and then, and then just it. open open shop. And if you can get a bag of baseballs for Kyle Schwarber or, or maybe a, a different sort of position that can clear up some money for you, and then you can br- have the opportunity to try to get a different improvement there, I'm all ears for it. But, but for now, what they have is n- not working in some aspects, because if you think about it from the year after they won the World Series, you could look at Kyle Schwarber as the perfect example of this, is that here's a guy coming off a World Series run where he didn't play that many games, but dang, in the World Series, his stock was super high. Same with Albert Almora in, the, in a few years ago. His stock was super high. These guys could really, their ceiling is so high that you know if, if they become something great, this team is going to become kind of like what the Astros are right now, where everybody up and down that lineup is just super good. Well, that's the thing. They they hung on to those guys, and I get it. If you traded Schwarber back then and his ceiling was high and you didn't know that he was going to be the player that he is now, at the moment of that trade, of that said theoretical trade, Theo and Jed would probably have gotten ripped apart for it. Yes. But you know what? It didn't happen. And they still hung on to the guy. They still could have moved him a few off seasons ago, uh, 2017, 2018, what have you. And maybe you've gotten a little bit more, not as much as you could have gotten him after 2016, but still you could have gotten something for him in the fact that, you know what, if he doesn't rebound as he was last year, maybe he doesn't get back to what the Kyle Schwarber we thought was going to be. He's not going to be the guy that we saw in 2015 hit seven home runs in the playoffs or whatever that number was. He's not going to be the guy that, comes back from that ACL and rakes like 300 batting averages in the World Series. He's just not going to be that guy anymore. At least he has yet to prove that he's going to be that guy. And he's tried different things such as slimming down and what have you, but they've taken so many risks on hanging on to their core group of guys, which, again, don't blame them for because at the moment of those decisions that were talked about, you thought about trading these guys away and you would, like I said, get ripped apart. But... They kept them, and now they're stuck in a really, really bad situation. And it doesn't help that the free agency signings that they've made, such as a, a U Darvish, which now is not so much seemingly as bad as what it once was, but the money is still there a lot. Tyler Chatwood is one that you kind of wish you had that that paycheck back. Um, I'm not going to go the Ben Zobrist route because it, it's a totally different situation with Zobrist as uh because of his personal life so i'm not going to go there with him but you get my point as in the fact that these guys that they've signed via free agency are now costing them so much money and since tom ricketts supposedly says we're out of money we don't have any more money to spend you know now they don't have the financial flexibility to go out and make a big move like they maybe could have this past off season they maybe could have signed a manny machado or something Mm -hmm. like that you know what i mean there's just so many opportunities that were just kind of wasted that now you're looking at this team and they have so many different issues that they really can't get much back for. So they're going to be biting the bullet on some of these moves, especially with a guy like a Kyle Schwarber or an Albert Almora who have yet to really reach their ceiling when their ceiling was very high a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's crazy because it's just a game of what ifs at this point in time. Uh, it's it, it's a little crazy to see that how things turned up how they were. I, I <laughs> it sucks because like I want to look back and be like, man, this is this is what the Cubs should have done, and boy, would we have been in a way better situation when that happened. It's crazy when you look back because it's like. You look at it, it's like, man, Schwarber will be up, Elmora will come up, uh, Addison Russell will will be on the team. They're going to be an unstoppable force. And now here we are a few years later being like, let's ship Schwarber if we have to. Addison Russell shouldn't be in a Cubs uniform anymore. Life happened to Ben Zobrist. Brandon Morrow hurt himself putting on his pants. Like, it, it's such a crazy... It's just a, such a crazy situation to look back on and just be like, wow, that's... All of those moves, a lot of these moves looked good in hindsight, really, like, well, minus the part where they decided to keep Addison Russell, but there were the, it, it, it went from pure optimism and confidence to now, well, will this still work? Like, are these the same people we were drooling over three years ago? Is everything really going to come together for us? Uh, yeah. And, and maybe it's just because the Cubs are still playing subpar baseball on the road, and maybe it is because they've had these bullpen issues for a while and have failed to address them, and maybe because there's a certain owner who's not willing to spend the money to make sure that this team can be maintained over the years that is maybe hindering the front office from actually making a, a good baseball team. But there there's way too much in play, and like – what worries me now is, okay, well, what happens next? They have these players. We have some rentals. Obviously, the bullpen changes on a year-to-year basis. What do you do now? You have the third-worst farm system in baseball. Your pitching development and growth system is atrocious. Did they draft some pitchers in low AA that could be moving up? Yes. Is the hopes high? No. What do you do? Because... Let's go to 2020, let's go to 2021, and let's let's say these problems are arising again. You're in need of some rental players. You have some blaring issues that need to be addressed. What do you do? You have no one to give up other than a big-name player. And at that point in time, it's kind of turning into an eye-for-an-eye type of deal where you're now sacrificing players you may not have want to sacrifice for to address a need just to stay competitive. And that's a huge that's a huge worry for me because – we knew 2021 was the deadline to where the Cubs need to be competitive. But there has to come a point now where you need to look at, okay, what's the future then? What is, what are the, who are the Chicago Cubs past 2021? Because yeah, what's their identity? Now, now those questions have to be asked because it was like, well, we're just going to ride out this wave until that hits and we'll figure it out when we get there. But now it's like, well, okay, this wave kind of kind of splashed on the beach a little early. What 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 are we doing now? Like, it's gonna be scary the next couple of years, especially if the Cubs are still just kind of playing this 500 ball on the road and killing it at home. Like, the clock's ticking. John Lester isn't gonna be John Lester forever. Kyle Hendricks obviously is a lock. Um, well, his contract's Cole, up soon too. Yeah, Cole Hamels obviously you're not gonna see him around for all that much longer. Yeah. Who are you going to get to fill out your rotation? Like, who's going to be who's going to be the rest of your rotation uh, moving forward? And 
obviously there there's there's free agents you'll have some money free up things will move around and pieces may fall into place but who knows like mm-hmm. how many times are we going to waste a good John Lester performance how many times are we going to waste a good U Darvish performance like that's yeah. what's the most frustrating things right now and it's like well yeah you address these now but what's going to happen moving down the line why how how are is this still getting fixed because the repeat things keep happening uh you mentioned it earlier you're starting to have flashbacks to 2018 where it's like well the cubs just gonna burn out again like they're not even in first place in the division this time that's going to be an even more stressful situation especially with how competitive the nl central has been recently what are they gonna do and that's that's the the scariest unknown for it and who knows what can happen i can feel confident with them going in and getting some major league arms for this bullpen and and getting a leadoff guy and getting some speed for the base pass as well as a guy who can fill in for second base but they're not going to be around next year what's what's the next step who's going to make the big move and who's going to make me feel confident now like that Go, not only going to post to 2021, but beyond that, that the Cubs are still going to be, at the very least, I want to see them be contenders for the NL Central. And not every yeah. year is going to be perfect. You're, you're never going to dominate the division every year, but be competitive. Because the last thing I'd, I'd want to happen and the worst threat I'm, I'm seeing is a complete collapse and a potential rebuild having to happen again. That's, that's the worst case scenario. That is that the worst really case is. scenario. Now, do I see that happening? No. Yeah, Does I don't see it happening either. No. <laughs> you know, I, a few years, uh, like when this, when they first won the World Series, I said to myself too. I I, I told other people this too that were fr- uh, Cubs fans, friends of mine. The worst thing that could happen in this run of Cubs baseball, this golden era of Cubs baseball, is that they end up being the '90s Braves, where they have lots of playoff runs but they only get one championship out of it. And mm-hmm. the more and more this progresses, the more and more I'm feeling like this is becoming the 90s Braves Cubs, <laughs> if, if yeah. you get where I'm coming at. Because they have the ability to make deep playoff runs and win World Series, but they just, for whatever reason, can't get over the hump that is the grind of the regular season. And, you know, two months left in the season starting tomorrow, it's going to be really tough to Go see time. how... <laughs> yeah it's it's really no kidding it really is go time like it's either now or never either you make this big run now and really start to change things i mean look at the cardinals they've just went on their run and they're still on a run paul goldschmidt has been hitting home runs every game for about a week now or whatever you know it's been insane for teams that just go on hot streaks and do the cubs have a hot streak in them I, i hope so i hope that seven out of eight or nine out of 10 that we saw at the beginning of the year wasn't their hot streak, but you never know. You never know. And I I think that they're going to be in a a pretty unique situation come a few years. And, um, you know, with some money clearing up on the books, such as, you know, Cole Hamill's coming off the the books. You have, uh, of course, Ben Zobris coming off the books, which we could talk a little bit about Ben Zobris in just a second here. Um, you know, you have a lot of things happening that can really just take off for you for the Cubs. And especially with a guy like Garrett Cole becoming a free agent next year, you could add a really, really big ace into that rotation. And I don't know. I I think that that, that could be something that the Cubs look into, you know, but then you're putting a ton of money into your rotation between, 
you know, a Lester, between a, a Kyle Hendricks, between a, a Garrett Cole, and and then not to mention you Darvish. You know, those are four arms in your rotation that are, are costing you a lot of money. And not to mention, you still have to find some money to extend to Chris Bryant at some point down the road. And by the way, Bryant's had a great year. I know the power numbers aren't there for much. For he's had what five home runs this month of July so far, or as of as of today, this will be the official end of July. So he maybe have five or six home runs by the end of the night tonight. But I'll tell you what, his numbers are near identical to his MVP year. And I feel like Cubs fans aren't appreciating aren't appreciating it enough. And it, I don't think it'll really matter for the Cubs fans to realize that you know once Chris Bryant is gone, how much this could possibly really hurt the team. You know what I mean? It's going to be kind of one of those underappreciated players while you have him, and then when he's gone, you just realize how badly you needed him. You know what I mean? So th- that's just me. And my ramblings, but I, I think that's where you, you kind of look into that sort of thing. Yeah, and I, I'll end it at this, and we'll just give some brief answers here. It's like, what what's the expectation moving now forward for, for the rest of the season? I think we looked at a big-picture situation here, but I think overall for the rest of the, the season, like, one, I'd like to finish the ga- at least the season 10 games over 500. That would be nice. Um, but two, I think win the division. That's that that's that has to be priority number one. I think that's a that's a pretty big given here. But I think the the second one would be just be improve your away record. Start winning more games. Start winning more series on the road. Get consistent. Yeah. I'm sick of this up again, down again team that we keep seeing, and and win the division. That's I think it's a plain and simple answer there. Yeah, I, I really can't put it much better myself than that. Um. Just real quick, Dylan, do you think the Cubs were winners at the deadline at all? Compared to, they weren't the winner. Obviously, that I think that goes to the Astros. Yeah. Um, a winner, though, yes. Compare, especially when compared to the NL Central, for mm-hmm. for based on their needs assessment, based on who they gave up and the return they got for it. I think that's definitely a win. For them, especially with other teams not really making a huge splash moving forward, they're, they're, it's hard to not see them as winners uh, at this deadline. I, I, I agree. I think they're winners. Um, I think they could have been big winners. I, I definitely do think they could have been big winners. I think they have they had, like I said, you know, the whole Charlie Blackman thing. They had the assets that they could have to have pulled off something much bigger if they wanted to. Um you know the whole negotiating thing with the Rockies or whichever team, you maybe maybe a Whit Merrifield sort of thing too, could have been a whole totally different situation. Um, but I think they could have made a uh, they could have made a bigger splash. You know, it, it just comes down to the negotiations. But maybe we find out that they try to get a guy like a Charlie Blackman or Whit Merrifield or whoever. I want to see a you know come out on that. I would have lo- I'd like to as well. You know, if if the deal breaker was, you know, the 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 Cubs wanted the the Royals or the the Rockies to to cough up some salary and they could have given them an extra prospect and the that team said no and the Cubs backed out of it, then I say, you know what? Good on the Cubs. They tried at least, you know, but you can't be keeping on all keep keep on taking on all this cash in a such a very limited market such as, you know, what Tom Ricketts has supposedly put them in. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. And 
<laughs> we've gotten to that point where we're now just basing arguments off of theoreticals. But yeah, I, I think the point is, is like the Cubs were winners. They they made the moves that hopefully they needed to make. And now that we're at this point down the line, hopefully they can get it done and and win the division. Um, what do you guys think? <laughs> Listening out there, tweet at us. Send us an email. Literally, just give us an opinion. We'd love to hear from you to see what your thoughts are. What's your What's your new rating on how on how confident you are that the Cubs are going to continue this uh, the trend of playing terrible on the road and really great at home, or will they turn things around? Uh, anywhere, really. 108 Bricks Podcast on Facebook at 108 Bricks Podcast on Twitter. 108 bricks podcast at gmail.com or send it directly at me at high underscore i am underscore buck you could also tweet me to at curtis k underscore radio and by the way speaking of radio uh we're in the works of something pretty awesome we won't give out any details yet because we're still hoping that things work out but we want but we want to thank you guys for the support um over the time too we've been doing this for almost what two a year and a half almost two years now dylan we're approaching we started about midway or near the end of the way through two seasons ago because we had one playoff year or cut under our belts already or two actually because we started when the the whole nationals and um dodgers years that was 2017 so two years of almost or three years coming up of playoff runs for us on on this podcast and um bigger and better things are ahead of us that's for sure and and um just stick with us because we're hoping that we'll be expanding to more audience or a bigger audience and Maybe at some Listen point down us. the line, yeah, and at some point down tell the line, friends, there could be some your family. really good opportunities for us. But yes, tell your friends, tell your family, share the podcast every time you hear it. Leave us a rating on iTunes as well. It really does help us out, and we greatly appreciate all the people who have given us ratings so far. So be sure to do that and help us out, and we promise you there'll be some rewards coming as well. So always stay tuned for that. Yep, and hopefully we're going to keep to the schedule. Hope we'll, been going we'll plan good. it out in advance. We'll be live. This might be our new running gag is if we stick to a schedule here. (laughs) Yeah, that's the expectation. (laughs) I tried to like, I've been holding that cough the entire time. So sorry for those people. But um, yeah, the expectation is we'll we'll be back to our Friday uploads. Hopefully we have a lot more fun news to talk about though next episode. But for the time being, enjoy this one that, that finally did happen on time. And we'll see you guys next episode. Thanks for listening. See ya.